The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. Joe Chung has the week off, although he's still editing and producing this show. And uh, you can find everything related to this show, don't forget, at mtmpodcast.com. Links, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review if you like the show. It helps us out tremendously. I'm back. Good to be back here. Welcome back. Uh, you you <laughs> feeling uh, 100% yet? Or are you still getting a little bit of After Effects? I know you were having dizzy spells and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think Friday, last Friday was the last sort of thing of that. I I got some dizzy stuff last week. That was really the the issues I was having, but I'm officially tested negative, and I think all the everything's pretty much gone now. So I feel like I'm as normal as I can be. So everybody else in the family was back to normal before me. So it looks like we're in the clear for now. So thankfully that that that's the case. So we don't know how we caught it, like. I think we got it on the way back on the plane or the airport, or my wife did. I tested negative coming back, uh, and then she tested positive the day after we got back, and then I tested positive a couple days later. So I don't want to blame Hawaii for it. So we'll we'll see how it uh, how it looks like. It looks like it's Vegas's fault. We know so many people who caught it in <laughs> Vegas that same weekend. Yeah, Ve- yeah, Vegas has uh, been kind of crazy. Like because I was supposed to go uh, out and visit that weekend, and we had to cancel it because you know you had your stuff going on, and uh, everybody was sick. And then I was like, well, I'll reach out to some other people that I know in Vegas and see if if uh, I can hook up with them. And they're all like, oh, sorry, I just tested positive. So it's like it was like a rain cloud of storm of COVID came and and rained on everybody. But it seems like most people have been, recovered pretty quickly, so that's good news and, and nothing too major, at least from, from the people that we know that had it, so that's good. Yeah, we certainly are blessed in our family to having had minor cases. It was a pain in the butt. It wouldn't go away, but all of our symptoms were minor, and so that was good to go. But Hawaii was a lot of fun, so it was at least worth it. I know I talked about Hawaii already a couple of weeks ago right after I got back, but worth going and you know, it's just a reminder that when you're traveling now, you're always at some sort of a risk. You know, we were distanced. We did everything that you could think to do, right? And sometimes it just uh, happens, and that's the reality of the world today. Every time you leave the house, you're at risk at this point. So it, it just kind of, that's the way it's going. And even at your house, if somebody else left your house, then you're still at risk. So I guess it's just uh, levels of mitigation, but uh, it, it is what it is. You know, it's with us for probably ever at this point. Yep. And now we think, thanks to the government, we have millions of tests so we can just constantly test ourselves and, and have all that fun. All right. No, enough COVID. No more COVID talk. How's everything been going with you? Uh, Yeah. So it, it was an interesting week last week. You know, I've been doing the DoorDash thing still. I'm, I'm up to like a 250-ish deliveries. So quite a bit. I've got I've kind of gone all in on this thing and got like 40 more to go to hit the bonus. And I'm, I'm going to do it after that too, because I've just, I've enjoyed it. But uh, last week was a bit trying <laughs> and it just kind of all 
snowballed. And I feel like this is just something that, that comes with the territory. But like one night I had everything was like cancellations or I'd go to the restaurant. And th- this is something you don't think you'll ever have an issue with. But all of a sudden is you go to a restaurant, you get an order, you drive there and you show up and it says closed. Like we're, we're not opening or we're not opening till later or staffing issues. We're not serving or we ran out of food, like all these kind of weird things. And I've had it happen here and there, but it was like three or four in a row, <laughs> which you don't expect. You're like, Hey, it's McDonald's. Like they're not going to close at 6 PM. So that's pretty typical there. You just, I mean, at 6 PM, that's crazy. Yeah, it's random. It's random. Like uh, one was like a little Caesars. So they're like, we're not opening until later. Like a Chipotle was a, like a lunchtime order. And they're like, yeah, we're not. We don't have enough staff to open until two. So we're not open. I'm like, well, then turn off your machine, man. Like, you know, people are coming here because you're doing orders and other people are waiting. That's what they're expecting for lunch. And by the time you tell them it's closed, they might not be able to get it in their lunchtime. So what DoorDash does in that aspect, if it's closed, they'll give you uh, half pay for like showing up to get there and you just have to mark it on your app or whatever. So that's kind of cool that at least you don't miss out on everything for, for making the drive there. And then I had another one, like a Panera. I went and I stood there for 20 minutes as they're giving out all these orders. And I'm like, Hey dude, you know, I came before all these people. Can you check on this one? He looks at the name. He's like, Oh yeah, that went out 20 minutes ago. Somebody else came for that. You're like the third person that's come for that order. I'm like, what the heck? So I, you know, I fire up the chat and then you're sitting there for another 10, 15 minutes going through chat. And they're like, I'm like, am I going to get full pay for this? Cause I've been sitting here. This is like wasted a half hour of my time. And they're like, yeah, if we can confirm that it was delivered by somebody else, you'll still get full paid. So I guess they just eat that. And uh, they, they ca- tried calling the customer, tried calling the other uh, DoorDash person, tried calling Panera to confirm that it was picked up. They couldn't get through to anybody. So I only got half pay, which that that's kind of how that day started. So that was a little bit, a little bit annoying. That's crazy. So how does that happen where it assigns the same delivery to multiple people? I don't know. I, I, I'm just guessing it's a glitch. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on there or what, you know, I could understand like sometimes I'll accept an order and then if there's a line or I know it's going to be 30, 45 minutes, I'll kick it back and say, I can't deliver this. So maybe that happened, but the guy still picked it up and then ate it himself. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, we know that that's happened before, so that wouldn't surprise me because I even messaged the lady and said, hey, there's a long line here. It's going to be a bit. She's like, "Okay, thanks. So it's not like she had already gotten her food and said, hey, I already got my food. What is What are you talking about? So who who knows? (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that kind of craziness that happens. Yeah, I think so. And they're usually pretty good that they'll they'll pay you like, okay, so somewhat funny story. This is all like in this day built up of all these issues, like all happened in one day, just like cancellations. I go to another place and they're like, hey, that lady called this restaurant and canceled the order. I'm like, well, she ordered it through DoorDash. Why would she call you to cancel? Whatever. So that was another one that was like a half pay. And then I'm delivering Dunkin' Donuts, like, and it's at night and it's a co- like a iced coffee and a hot coffee. And that's all they wanted. So I go and I pull up to this house and none of the lights on. Please, if you order anything, turn on your lights if it's dark out because it's hard to see the addresses and it's hard to see where you're going. And this happened to be a ranch and it was a ranch that had like the walkway all the way along the house and the door was on the other end. And they had shrubs, like shoulder high shrubs, the whole length. So you couldn't like walk straight up to the door. You had to walk all the way around to the side of the house and then walk up the walkway. And it was all pitch black. No lights on the garage, no lights on the door. So I'm wa- I'm walking up this walkway, can't see anything, it's snowing a little bit, don't see much, and all of a sudden, the sidewalk is ice, and I slip. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and the coffee and the ice coffee go everywhere, like, they just hit the ground and explode everywhere. <laughs> like, if it was food, 
it would have been fine. But since it was, <laughs> this was two drinks, it just like crashed and exploded. And all you hear is me say obscenities very loudly. <laughs> and I'm sure they're seeing their app that I'm supposed to be delivering it. And I just turn around and <laughs> walk away. I sent them a message saying, hey, you're, everything was dark. You have ice out there. You didn't salt. Like, I'm sorry, but your drinks got blown up. I'll contact uh, the DoorDash and cancel it. And they never respond or whatever. I got on with DoorDash and they were really like, the guy was like, oh, sorry that you experienced this. Are you okay? Like super nice about it. I'm like, am I going to get charged for this? Like, I don't know if I have to pay for it. And they're like, don't worry. We'll still give you half pay, which kind of sucks. Cause I, I made 99.9% of the, del- <laughs> the yeah. delivery, but uh, I'll give you half pay. The person won't get charged. I don't know if like Dunkin' Donuts still gets paid. I'm guessing DoorDash just eats the, the payment to Dunkin' Donuts and then the pay to me. So maybe that's where all their fees come in. So I was kind of surprised there. I didn't expect any pay. I mean, it wasn't really my fault. If anything, you know, put salt down, uh, you jerks. But they had to come out in the morning and see frozen coffee every, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. They had to salt the frozen coffee. See, that's <laughs> yeah. one of the beautiful things about living on the West Coast, uh, or at least in Vegas, where we don't have to worry about that. Although, I mean, once or twice a year, we do get icy sidewalks. It's a big yeah, anytime deal. you're somewhere warm that uh, it snows even like a, a, a half an inch, people lose their minds and can't drive. So oh, it's yeah. twice a year. I saw a picture of the free of the uh, highway there in Michigan without, I guess they didn't salt it or whatever, and you get, had uh, a mess. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, there was a couple accidents and cars getting spun around and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, the, the craziest delivery, uh, uh, we should call this DoorDash Chronicles, and I'll uh, I'll chime in with some funny stories every couple weeks or whatever but the weirdest delivery was i got an order for walgreens and i'm like okay one item what would you expect one item from walgreens for a delivery that i'm getting paid like eight dollars for to be i don't know uh i don't know like i guess i'm like a drug or something like a medicine or something yeah, I don't think we're allowed to pick up medicine. I would. I was thinking like a, a dehumidifier or some type of cough syrup. I guess that's, yeah, not like prescription medicine, but you could pick up medicine. Like something like that, like something expensive. It was a, <laughs> it was a two liter of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Just one? Just one. Just one two liter of Pepsi. The person probably paid like 14 or $15, I have to imagine, because I got paid like eight bucks. Then you have to pay for the Pepsi, which was like two, three bucks. And then you have to pay the DoorDash fees and whatever delivery fee, whatever. So <laughs> I'm like, dude, why wouldn't you add so, like anything else? Like just add stuff. You're already paying this fee, but you know, and it was like a, f- a, f- a three mile drive or something for a two liter of Pepsi. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's the world we live in. People have, <laughs> have I know, I, think I would just money. add like anything. I would just be like, add stuff whatever but uh i sent it to my buddy who who told me about doordash and he's a part owner in a, a jets pizza and stuff and he manages it and everything he's like hey we had one of those too and he pulls up a receipt from jets pizza and the person ordered from the pizza place just a two liter of uh a, a, some type of pop and or soda and that's all they had delivered didn't order pizza or anything else so it's like eight dollars to get a two liter delivered to him there <laughs> so you I go guess well, this is normal yeah, I mean, but at least there you're ordering from a restaurant. Like, you have all of Walgreens or or whatever at your disposal. Yeah, to your point, why? It's crazy. It really is crazy what people spend on these delivery services. And we know they're not a great deal, right? I mean, as much as sometimes we have credits to burn, you know, DoorDash, you can buy discounted gift cards. I think I've seen that's 15% the, off often. So I there's ways to yeah, save, but... 
that's the only thing I could think of was like it was one of those ten dollars off ten dollar codes. And he's like, oh, I'll get a free two liter of Pepsi, I guess. I, I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a it seems like a waste. But yeah, I mean that's what I think a lot of people are doing, and it's it's interesting the economics of it. Uh, we just talked on the MTM Vegas show about the economics of like online sports betting and all of the promotions that those apps are doing, and you know the customer acquisition. And I think you know that's why these companies, whether it be on the food delivery side or you know, online casinos, whatever, they're losing money because they have these huge amounts of money that they're spending on customer acquisition. And, uh, you know, I listened to, I, I think I talked about this before that I listened to to the to a podcast about, about this stuff and how the numbers for these delivery services are well beyond where they thought they would be either five or 10 years from now because of the pandemic, and they're still not making any money. So like all of their projections on when they would make money, we need this many customers to make money. They've already passed that many customers and they're still losing money. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but it's also crazy. Uh, what happened with your American express, like uh, dispute with that package and everything else. Uh, you have an update for us on, you talked about it on the show before, right? That last week. Yeah. I talked about it last week. Uh, the issue we had with the fraudulent PayPal purchase where they w- were, you know, figuring out a, a delivery tracking info for something nearby and using that to win a dispute. And I said, Hey, at least, you know, I used American Express. So I have that as a backup. And we filed that claim. And, the, you know, a couple of days later, this, these people are like on it. They gave them all the same tracking info. And, I, and then American Express came back and said, Hey, we're rebilling you. And I was like, Okay. So they must not have looked at the details. Like, there's no way they looked at the details of this tracking info and came to this conclusion. So I pull up the stuff they sent, and they sent, like, screenshots of all the tracking details. Like, here's where it went from here to here to here to here. And it never shows. My address is not on anything in this tracking. It does say delivered to to uh, Beverly Hills, where I live, in one of the, like, in the front sheet. But then when you go in the tracking info, it doesn't have my actual address on it anywhere. When you go in the actual tracking info, it shows delivered to Madison Heights, which is a town 20 minutes away. And then it also shows that we had disputed that we didn't get the delivery with UPS and that they awarded our dispute. This is all on the tracking info that they look at. And they're like, yep, looks good. We're uh, we're going to bill you again, even though it doesn't show that it was delivered to your address. Just because it said it was delivered, we'll call it we'll call it good. doesn't matter where it was delivered to. Just that it was delivered. Yeah, so it's like they're just using the 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 going through the motions without actually looking at the dispute. And American Express is known to be one of the most friendly, consumer friendly banks to dispute stuff with. Generally, people win even when there's you know dispute from the merchant or whatever. So I'm kind of surprised by this. Uh, is there an appeal process? Yeah, so there was a way to appeal online, and I was starting to do that. So if you do go through this, make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you start this process. Like I was doing screenshots, and I was typing up something, because that's my issue with these disputes is there's no way to really, you know, explain what you want to explain, because they don't, they're like, hey, upload a picture. So I was going to like type out a thing, take a screenshot of it, and upload that as a picture kind of explanation-wise. And while I was doing all this, I got timed out and logged out of American Express, when I went back in, it said, you need to call. We need more info. So I was like, all right, exit this, like clicked uh, end or whatever, thinking I could start it up again. And I clicked end and that ended the dispute. So <laughs> so we have to call. So we have to call anyway. Luckily, uh, you know, it's my wife's fault. So the fact that she has to call isn't going to burn wife points for me. Like if it would have been my purchase and I had to make her call, <laughs> it, it would have been, uh, you know, death stares for for weeks but i was like hey do you want to call about this or do you want to just let it let it go and she said she'll call so i'll update everybody when she makes that call i don't know if she should call paypal 
Because I've heard if you call PayPal and you talk to somebody, usually they'll be more understanding. Or if you should call American Express, maybe we'll call both, See, you know, just to update everything. But I did, interesting enough, have a reader reach out to me that knows somebody, you know, that works within PayPal and was going to forward on the, the article and stuff. So maybe they can become more aware of this. Who knows if it, it will lead to anything. But this is a, a pretty elaborate uh, scam that is going to cost a lot of people. Like he even said, I have a friend that had something similar happen. So it, it's uh, it's definitely on the increase, I think. It's insane with this kind of stuff because you have to, you, to your point, you have to make this decision on how much time you're going to spend trying to fix stuff. You know, is it worth it? And I think that a lot of the time these scammers get away with stuff because it's just not worth it to people or they get so frustrated with the process and, you know, all the different entities they have to deal with or the ridiculousness of what's going on with American Express, you know, after you've gone through all that process for them to not look at the evidence uh, to say something was delivered. So people get frustrated and then they give up and the scammers win. I think that's what you know, happens so much of the time. And, and and I think we're starting to see a shift like of these companies not really being pro consumer so much anymore. You know, and and around the web today I, I shared an article with Chase where an elderly lady got scammed out of six hundred grand, which, you know, we hear about this all the time, people calling, wire me money for this or buy usually it's like buy gift cards. You know, the IRS needs Target gift cards to pay your debt, which makes absolutely no sense. But uh, this one was she was wiring money and it was like $200,000 chunks, like $100,000 chunks. You know, it wasn't anything like oh, 5000 that under the radar. Like she was going to branches and saying, I need to wire $2,000 to this offshore account. And nobody batted an eye through like the first 400 k and then finally, you know, after doing like 10 of them, she d- she tries to do one at a branch and they're like, oh, this seems suspicious. She's like an 89 year old lady. So you think you'd be overly cautious to begin with. And uh, they said this seems suspicious and refused to do it, but didn't put any notes on the account, didn't block the account. So she just went to another Chase uh, branch and did a transfer for even more. She tried to do 200000 They canceled it or wouldn't do it. Didn't put any notes, locked the account, goes to another branch, does a $230,000 transfer, and they let it go through with no problem. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. It's 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 really crazy. And, uh, you know, I haven't talked about it here, but I'm still in the middle of, a, of something going on with my Amazon seller account getting hacked and thousands of dollars getting stolen. And Amazon's not being very helpful at all uh, with trying to recover this. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very sort of dangerous world that we live in. And just a reminder to at least be as proactive as you can in having, you know, different passwords for every account, uh, you know, using a password manager, staying on top of your stuff, monitoring emails for anything that's changing on your accounts. Um, and then, you know, if you're ordering a lot of stuff, making sure things actually get delivered. I know that's a problem for me because I order so much stuff, uh, a lot of it for reselling, but we get bombarded with packages and it can take us a little bit of time to go back and process everything. And And thankfully we've been, fairly lucky and we live in a in a place where it's not so easy to steal our packages and stuff so we're at the end of a cul-de-sac and so we've luckily been you know lucky there but i just feel like a lot of people you got to be it it seems counterintuitive but in this day and age you got to be like a very very informed consumer and you got to stay on top of this stuff or else you're going to get breakage you're going to get screwed one way or the other somebody's going to rip you off and then you have to decide you know do we do you go down the rabbit hole to get that money back yeah, <laughs> Amazon, I had a fraud issue with Amazon a couple weeks, or like a month or so ago. And they're like, to verify, they're like, what are, What were your last three purchases? And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> you're just buying stuff like as yeah. you see it, like, okay, I need that, throw it in there. I'm like, I know this and this, but I don't know if those were my last three. Like, I couldn't tell you. And then the next question was, 
what's your Amazon a balance, uh, credit uh, gift card balance at? And I was like, what? I can tell you it's about $109, but I don't know <laughs> that it's 10752 Like, you locked my account. I can't tell you that. So... <laughs> yeah, and that was an that was another issue where I or I was ordering gift cards from them, and they canceled a couple of the orders because of fraud. But I still got billed, so I went back and forth with them for weeks. And I'm like, "Look, you billed me for eight gift cards. You only shipped me six. And they're like, "No, we don't bill you until it ships." I said, "Here's the the code on the bill of my credit card because they have they always put that little code that gives you like reference to the the order number." He's like, "Yeah, those do show billed." So I filed a charge back with my credit card, and they came back and said, "What's going on?" And I said. I got with your chat person. They said they work on it, but I should just file a chargeback. So that's what I did. And they're like, okay, we'll work with your credit card company. So I, <laughs> it hasn't officially been closed, but I'm guessing it's been weeks now and they haven't uh, charged me back. So I'm guessing Amazon was like, all right, yeah, let those go through. But I don't even think I built it back to the right card because I used two different cards. But <laughs> so it was a mess. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's... It is a mess. It, it is a mess having to do any of this stuff. And like I said, you got to stay on top of it because you're going to get randomly charged. I mean, all kinds of stuff is going to is going to happen uh, with that. So, yeah, I look forward to, to hearing how those phone calls go and see what kind of resolution you get. Hopefully you can you can get that fixed. I was going to talk a little bit about I don't have a whole lot to like reveal about our upcoming trip. Getting sick, we postponed our trip a week, so we're not leaving until the beginning of February, and we moved our cruise back. We were supposed to cruise on Allure of the Seas, and we changed to Odyssey of the Seas, which is Royal Caribbean's newest ship. Uh, so, Does it still have the roller coaster, or is that the, later in the year? No, that's later. That's the Carnival ship. Uh, that'll be in September, I think. So, you know, we used the Amex offer for this deal, getting it really close to 1500 Thankfully, I was able to move. It cost me, like, less than $100 total indifference in the cruise fare. But again, we're moving to the newest ship and we're still in a balcony and everything else. So that worked good. You know, I, I said on a previous show how uh, he's going he's gonna to be so mad at me, how Joe screwed me out of my casino credit because uh, I booked through him and not through the uh, the casino desk with the <laughs> MLife partnership. But he came in handy because he's the one who had a call to make all the changes for cashing in the old well cruise and well changing it. it. Yeah, so he had to be on hold, did a great job. Uh, so definitely a, uh, a reason to have a an agent instead of booking a cruise yourself because it's not just about it's fairly easy to book these things initially but you know any follow-up follow-through anything like that he was able to to quickly get that changed for me uh, no fee at all and i appreciated that so we're moved our trip back a week after that we're going after uh, florida we're going to go or south florida we're going to go to orlando for a couple days for a hotel stay and a partnership that we're doing up there and then i still don't know where we're going after that so probably some time in Orlando and then maybe try to get out of the country. But man, getting sick just threw us so far behind on everything, on getting the inventory done for the business, uh, on everything else. So we're really going to be planning this trip by the seat of our pants at the beginning because there's really nothing there beyond the cruise, a couple nights in Orlando, and then we'll see. Now, are you, um, I know we said no more COVID talk, but are you nervous at all? Because you guys just need a, a rapid test showing negative. But I, I, I believe for this trip, Ellie would need a, a PCR test, which have been known to sometimes show positive, even though if they're not having symptoms and stuff, are you are worried at all that, you know, when you go to do the cruise that she pops positive, even though she's not technically positive anymore? Yeah, so she'll have to do, we actually all have to do PCR tests before the cruise. Okay. Okay. Um, she'll have to also do some antigen tests, like one at the cruise port and then one, I think, on day four or five of the cruise. So I'm less worried about those. Um, if we test positive before any one of us, then I guess we have to reschedule the cruise. Um, it's going to be, you know, basically a month or close to a month. So hopefully yeah, that will be enough time. I just heard horror yeah. stories of, of this stuff, like 
showing up on tests for a while, but I think it's a very rare thing. But just like another layer and worry that's added to travel with all this stuff, you know, that you have every, you can set up everything perfectly and then it can just all get sent to the trash bin in, in, in a moment. Yeah. And it's certainly a concern and one that, you know, it's in the back of our heads. We haven't taken PCR tests, but we've taken, we've all taken antigen tests and tested negative already. Uh, completely negative. So I'm hoping, you know, we still got two more weeks. So hopefully uh, the PCR test will come out, you know, fine. The virus will be out of our systems and uh, we can go about enjoying it. I think the the capacity on these cruise ships is still pretty low, probably because of Omicron, but also because they still haven't ramped up to 100% capacity. So it'll be interesting to see how it all works out as far as crowds on the ship. And I'll make sure I I cover all that so people understand what the experience is cruising right now. But I'm excited, too, because we get to go to Royal Caribbean's uh, Coco Cay, which is their newly renovated private well, they island. they actually let you on? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's their private island. Because not that the craziness? Like a couple weeks ago or whatever, like cruise ships weren't even allowed to their own island in, in the Bahamas and stuff, oh, which yeah. I yeah. find so bizarre. Like it's their island. I mean, I know it's technically in the Bahamas, but like they own this island. If they want to go there, they can go, you know, it's, I just thought that was crazy. Sorry yeah, I think joke. I think a lot of the port issues have been resolved now, and they finally finally realized that these ships are all going to have COVID cases just like on land. I haven't heard a whole bunch of stories of cruise ships getting denied anymore, so I feel like there was like that week where they all had to figure this out, and then they seemingly seemingly did. Our old itinerary had a stop on like Costa Maya, which I wasn't looking all that forward to, uh, along with Cozumel and uh, and Roatan, Honduras. And this one subs the private island for Costa Maya, so it's actually a better itinerary for oh, us. Oh, nice. Up and uh, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to pay for the water park there on their private island, but uh, it looks like really cool. So we're, we're looking forward to that and getting to share all of that with everybody. But yeah, I, I man, I really do want to get to Dubai. So we'll see if I can pull off a last minute uh, thing. John Ryan's uh, write-ups making you jealous. Yeah, it was. He, on the site today, we had, uh, John Ryan is uh, at Vegas Teenager on Twitter. He's contributing. How old is he? 14, Mark? Yep. 14. Yeah. So right by age of 14. Incredible when mo- most kid. of us are just figuring out puberty, he's writing up uh, travel reviews. <laughs> yeah, and I really enjoyed the one of the Andas in uh, Abu Dhabi. A really cool-looking hotel. That building is very unique, but he did a great job on his review and uh, made me want to stay there. Really, The rooms looked really nice, and yeah, that's that up build- on the, the site. The architecture of that building is just insane, and, and like the views you get from it and the angles and everything. It's it's. I had never seen pictures of it, so I was uh, really enjoyed looking through it, but it just... It goes to show you like that that area of the world has some really cool architecture and some unique stuff that you don't really see a lot of other places. Yeah, I think that building has the most, isn't it the most, the building that leans out the most or something like that? It has like 18 degrees, it goes over vertical or something like that. Yeah, it's a cool building and a really good review by, by John. So I'm looking for, yeah, it got me all excited for still trying to, to get to that Dubai Expo. We'll uh, see. And I know John has some more posts coming two from his time there so i'm looking yeah forward. And i think one of them is going to be about his experience at the expo so that'll be interesting if anybody's interested in uh checking out or wanting to or longing to uh hopefully he gives you a, a a quick fix on that all right so let's talk about ihg and they have announced some big changes to their credit cards some enhancements actually making them better uh, i think uh, you titled your post and just like that ihg rewards has piqued my interest so you seem to be very excited with the changes what exactly are they changing with their credit cards we always hear the air quotations enhancements and usually that's a bad sign, but this is actually a, a a decent, like a revamp, a a complete revamp, which is very similar. You know, I got the same type of vibes 
when uh, we all liked the old Hyatt card, and then they came out with the World of High card, and it was a revamp, and, it, and they actually made it a lot better, which was c- cool to see. And this is kind of the same same way. And the, and the main reason I say it piqued my interest is because one of the reasons I haven't focused on ISG is because it's always been hard to rack up points there. You know, they're not worth a ton, and they're only giving it to you at one-time earning, some, some places two-time earning, but that's still less than you would get with a 1.5% cashback card or a 2% cashback card because the points are only worth, you know, like half a penny, maybe six-tenths of a penny. So you're not getting a lot of value there. But with these revamps, on the no-fee card, uh, you can earn three times on utilities, internet, cable, phone, streaming services, dining, and gas stations. You know, a lot of that you can do better somewhere else. Utilities is kind of interesting depending on what falls under that because that's not usually a bonus uh, category. So there could be some unique plays there if you have the card. And then there's a big spend bonus. If you spend $10,000, you get a 10,000 point bonus with the no fee card. And then uh, with the, well, now will be $99 annual fee. You can earn five times points on travel. They haven't really specified what that means. Is that like very broad or very specific we don't know i'm guessing broad because they didn't say airline travel stuff like that five times on gas stations dining and restaurants three times points on all other purchases which puts it in line with the the hilton honors card and the points are worth more than hilton honors points so that's kind of interesting there Ten thousand points and a hundred dollar statement credit if you spend twenty thousand dollars a year and then every card member gets a $50 United Travel Bank cash. So it's basically $53 if you have a United Travel Bank, which a lot of people use their Amex airline incidentals for that. So you can just add more money to that. And the fee's going up from, I think, $89 now to $99. So I think that's well worth 10 bucks. Yeah. And the well, thing I really like is the flexibility that they're adding to the free night certificates that you can top them off with points, right? You can use points in addition to the to the shirt on the on the 99 dollar card yeah that's one of the perks yeah and i think that's a cool perk and i think we saw this with aeroplan when they launched their card that they had something similar you know being able to top up on top of that and i hope that this is the future for hotel loyalty or for loyalty in general is giving you more flexibility uh you know with what you have being able to kind of uh make things worth more and you know this is part of a wider rebrand for ihg rewards uh, we learned uh, this week we're doing a, we did a partnership with them to announce some of their new tiers and some of the other changes that they have. We're going to learn more in March about like all the elite benefits and things. But from what they've told me, I mean, this is a huge refresh top to bottom. They're really trying to, you know, they say this is their talk, their marketing talk, give you more ways to earn and redeem points. But uh, it seems like here, I mean, they're they're making things better. Uh, they have a lot of other interesting things coming down the line through March, so we'll, we'll see. But it seems like IHG wants to be on the map here. I mean, obviously, one of the biggest hotel companies in the world, uh, so they're already on the map. But as far as loyalty goes, they want to be top of people's mind. Yeah, and we've seen you know some negative changes over the last couple of years with them putting a cap on the free night certificate. So this is kind of like, I feel like, them giving a bit back, where it was capped at 40 k a night, and then they went to dynamic pricing which hurt the uh, certificates even a little bit more because some properties that were always available now at times will be, uh, you know, above 40,000 points. So allowing you to use points on top of the certificate uh, gives you some of that flexibility back. It's still not as valuable as it was in that aspect, but it's better than what it was just a couple uh, minutes ago for sure. So it's good to see it. But, you know, earning wise, I think this is big. I wish grocery had come along with it because right now you earn two times grocery like you do at gas stations and stuff. So it would have been really cool if it was five times at grocery and gas. Gas is a pretty big spend uh, place. And then, you know, people will do other stuff at gas stations too to earn points. 
So at least there's an avenue to rack up points in a, in a meaningful way where there maybe wasn't before. So I look at it that way. Like if you spend money on the the surpass card, which earns six times at uh, gas stations, grocery stores, three times on everything, you know, this is kind of in that same realm. Five times IHG points is worth essentially the same as six times Hilton points. I know you get the free night cert when you hit 15K with the surpass, but you get the free night cert up front without spending any money. So they're kind of similar now. You know, I think they really closed the gap there. And it is something that, you know, we all love Hyatt. And for a lot of people, Hyatt's number one, maybe Marriott's number one, but Hilton's kind of been that number two for most people. Maybe this brings IHG into that conversation for some people. Yeah, like I said, I'm excited to, to see what the, what else they have because the on-property benefits have tended to be a little weaker with IHG rewards for elite status compared to others. And that could really be a game changer if they decide to add things like free breakfast. Um, right now they have that platinum fast track, so anybody can get plat- platinum status with five nights. You talked uh, about you know them moving to dynamic pricing and some of the, the negatives around that, but I spoke to... Heather Bosley, their VP of loyalty, asking specifically about point breaks and if those were going to come back. Remember, they got rid of those. Those were the 5,000 point per night redemptions at various hotels that they would have, and that would that list would rotate quarterly. Uh, they did away with that before dynamic pricing came into effect. And while she said that's not coming back, they are working on some interesting discounts uh, for co-branded credit card holders and uh, elite members, Platinum Inspire elites. Spire changing to Diamond Elite. So perhaps some more point breaks like uh, discounts coming too, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when when it all gets brought out. I know we did get a lot of questions about the old Legacy $49 card. So we reached out uh, to the marketing team and we did get word back that nothing's really changing with that for now. Um, So that's good news. Anybody that had it, you still get your free night cert. You're not getting rolled into anything for the time being um, or, or... transferred into a different product so now i know in the past nobody said hey upgrade the old card to the new card because it was always offering a ten thousand dollar fee and then you basically got a forty thousand point cert on the 89 dollar card which you could have got for the 49 dollar card so there wasn't really a reason uh with this change i guess if you're above 524 and you you think that you would find more value in being able to add points to the certificate i'm guessing you're going to need the 99 dollar card so that might change your thinking on that some bit somewhat and then the fact that you can get the $50 uh, travel bank from United back kind of makes them the same annual fee so if you know that you can use you book at least $50 in cash flights or or expenses on United that's one thing uh, that you might want to upgrade to and then you get the flexibility on the free night cert so something to consider for sure and there's also on the $99 card the ability to spend $40,000 to get Aspire Elite or get Diamond Elite under the new program would that be something I would do right now? No, but we don't know what benefits that will have because they are redoing all their tier benefits. Have re- really yeah. great benefits. <laughs> no, it's something. I agree. So it's something to kind of look for. Free massages everywhere you go. <laughs> you know, it's something. But you know, for years people did that for spending with Hilton to get diamond. Now you can just get it uh, through a credit card. But uh, you know, so it's definitely something to kind of keep an eye on. I'm maybe a little bit more excited about the new benefits. I don't know anything about what they're gonna what they have planned, but I do have hopes that they'll be good. So we'll see as that uh, progresses, and we'll let everybody know. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about: Did you see Ryan's uh, SAS business class review? Oh yeah, yeah. So yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and all the all the comments. So he, it's funny is so he flew from Stockholm to Chicago on an A330 on uh, SAS and 
you know, this is a product that I think a lot of people tend to review pretty well. Like everything I've read about it, I haven't done an extensive amount of reviews. I'm actually booked to fly on this product later this year. But anyway, he uh, he booked the A330. Should be a live flat business class, and he claims it's the worst business class flight he's ever had. And boy, did that trigger the people who read the uh, <laughs> the post. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every negative review, like, triggers people these days, which I don't really understand. You know, these are all, all, reviews are, and we've talked about this in the past, reviews are a snapshot, you know, like, this is my experience. It doesn't mean it's going to be your experience. doesn't mean that I'm, you know, saying that you having a great experience is, is fraudulent or you're lying or anything like that. And then if we give a glowing review... It's because, oh, we're, you know, sponsored or pay or they're paying us or, or something, you know, type of thing. So I don't know where you, you find the happy medium um, there. But, hey, he shared his experience. The, the boarding process sounded horrible. And, you know, they were really it took forever to get through a line of like eight people. And then they're supposed to get a refund. And she informed them of the wrong area to go to. She said, just go through security. There'll be a desk there that you can get your refund, which was like 60 bucks or something like that. And. There wasn't an area after the desk, and then they had to ride this bus to the air, uh, airplane, and there was no boarding situation. It was just kind of like everybody, hey, it was like the old Southwest cattle call days. All right, get on, everybody line up. We're getting on the plane. And then they're like, all right, we're doing this in groups of 50, so here's 50. You guys go sit back down because we have to go on a bus. And, and like nobody knew that this was happening until after the fact. So it started off really horribly um, yeah. and just kind of a, a bad situation to begin with. Yeah, and I highly recommend people read the the full review. There was a couple of things that really stuck out to me. The first thing is that the seats on this airplane are supposed to be lie flat. And, you know, Ryan, uh, he's traveled a lot of places. He's flown a lot of different products. It's not like he's never been in a lie flat seat before. Uh, what's even funny is internally in our Slack, when he told us the seat wouldn't lie flat, we sort of pressed him on it. Like, what do you mean the product is lie flat? But he tried several different people, several different seats. They couldn't get it to lie flat which is one thing. And then the thing that was the craziest to me was they only had four movies on the in-flight entertainment because apparently SAS doesn't want to pay, you know, for for all these movies and TV shows. So there was four there were new movies, you know, they were newer movies, but yeah, no, four movies. Yeah, not, not not just four movies, like no TV shows, yeah. nothing. Like it was just movies. Like when you say four movies you're like, "Oh, but they probably had a ton of TV shows." No. Just four movies. Just four things now, total. <laughs> there was there was a comment um that said there's that's an issue with the seats on that plane um that there's some button the flight attendant can push to reset them or something and then they're also like the seats are inflated by air or something and sometimes they can become depressed where they're not fully you know not comfortable or whatever and there's another button they can push to reinflate them or i don't know it just seems like a lot of that's that seems like something that should not be necessary on an airplane um uh, i've never heard of that on other uh air, airlines or routes or anything so it just it seemed very weird in that they wouldn't notice it or do do anything. So I had never heard of this air bladder thing on seats until I flew JetBlue Mint back uh, from Newark this past summer, and my seat had a leaky air bladder in it. So I go and I go to sit on the seat, and this is just every this is the old Mint product, not the brand new Mint product, but uh, the old Mint product. And I go to sit down, and like there's just no cushion in my seat, and it's like really uncomfortable. And so I'm sitting there for like three or four minutes. And I'm like, I got to tell the flight attendant this and mint is completely full. So there's no empty seats. So she, you know, comes over and she explains, Oh yeah, there's an air bladder here. And sometime it can leak, uh, get up. She makes me get up, gets, makes the guy next to me get up. And she has a button that you, to your point goes under there. And there's a way to reinflate the thing, 
but it was leaky. So like an hour into the flight, the whole thing had lost air again. And I just, instead of making her go through all that, I basically suffered uh, with, you know, it just was not comfortable to sit on this thing. Why are they using air instead of like real cushions? (laughs) Maybe because it's uh, less weight, I guess. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. But really, how much weight are you saving? (laughs) I don't know, but that was really uncomfortable. And uh, it was, you know, it was not not great because it was just un it was unbalanced you know it just wasn't was it a was it a boeing plane no it's an airbus plane so oh <laughs> oh you ruined my joke <laughs> but yeah I, so i anyway I, I okay what was your joke oh i was just gonna say makes sense now because because <laughs> <laughs> well, boeing made it <laughs> i don't know who makes the, the old jet blue mint seats or if it's the same manufacturer as these sas seats but yeah i'm not a fan of those air bladders but it just seems like there's just a lot of little things that go wrong. And, you know, I think the cash price of his flight was over $3,000. I think he used Singapore Chris Flyer, so he paid 72,000 miles uh, for a one-way ticket. You know, you're paying a lot of money. We know what service to expect, right? Business class is not first class. You're not getting champagne and, or fine champagne with caviar and all that. But it should be a decent experience, good service. You should have things to watch on the TV, it should lie flat if it's supposed yeah. to lie flat. Like that didn't happen another, on his flight. Another one that people got upset about was he said, you know, there's only nine passengers in nine or 10, something like that. Passengers in the business class. And there's three flight attendants. And they, they kept coming up and, and speaking to them, asking questions in Swedish. And he had to keep saying, you know, English, please, English, please. He's like, you know, in a business class scenario, you think you would figure out who speaks what, you know, after the first time and, and come back. He said, you know, this happened several times, three, four, five times where they had to keep saying, you know, just English, please. So I did find that a little bit strange. People got upset about it, but it's like, you're expecting a, an elite, if you were an economy where they're dealing with hundreds of passengers, sure. But when you're, you know, three people to 10 people, <laughs> you should know what's going on pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so I did oh, yeah, find that got- a bit strange. You got a lot of people upset with uh, don't go to another country if you don't want to if you only want to hear English and all that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, come on. Like, you don't you know, you don't want somebody to communicate with you. I don't know. There's a lot. I think the comment section is very entertaining on that article. And uh, but the article itself is good. It gives you a, a good impression of what it's like to fly SAS business class right now. You know what what you should expect as far as uh, the, the seat and the service and everything else. Hopefully other people have even better experiences. Like you said, it's just a moment in time. But we're trying to, you know, with these reviews, we share our real experiences, what happened, the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, you know, as you said, sometimes when you don't have nice things to say or a lot of nice things to say, people turn on you. But as I learned with my famous Atlantis review a couple of years ago, but uh, it's still... How dare still... you complain about water in your room? It's just <laughs> an extra pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and the manager there uh, would uh, agree on that. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can find Joe Chung all over social media at As The Joe Flies or AsTheJoeFlies.com, his brand new sexy website where you can procure his travel agent services, AsTheJoeFlies.com. Mark, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at DetroitMark. Email me, Mark, at MilesToMemories.com. Join our Facebook groups, our Patreon group. Comment on the articles on the website. I'll get back to you there. Lots of ways. How about you, Sean? Oh, I also wanted to mention that we have a full deep dive that we did on MGM Rewards, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on our MTM Vegas podcast. You can view that at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, the video form of it, or the audio version if you're more into podcasts. Just search for MTM Vegas in your 
favorite podcast app. If you like Vegas news, want to keep up with Vegas, Mark and I do that podcast every single week. Like I said, the video form I think is the best at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, but you can also listen to it in podcast form. And if you're interested in learning all about the new MGM rewards, we have a whole episode on that there. And other than that, miles to memories.com at miles to memories all over social media. You can find us everywhere. Enjoy your week. Joe will be back with us next week. And thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Bye. It's also crazy the world uh, today with uh, with what happened. Oh my god! I, I oh, I felt the segue building up. I felt no, it, it was. building up. <laughs> so it's building up to the mountain. I got. It I just- got. It. <laughs>